You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tell It Abs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, Griffin Youngs. I am currently riding high, fresh off of Game 2 between the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we get into it, first, let's talk about our sponsor of this show, DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top rated sportsbook. It is incredibly easy to navigate and has plenty of instruction for new bettors and limitless ways to get in on all of the action as the Stanley Cup playoffs get into the full swing of things. I tell you, it gets me even more invested in these Avalanche games than I already am. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook and I know you will too. Because DraftKings is giving you another great offer. They are putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention. Bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. But don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week Long, they are safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I mean, what else can you ask for? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choosing to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Game two in the books. Oh my god, I just got done screaming my head off, let me reiterate, because the Colorado Avalanche take game number two over the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime. Final score, 3-2. to two. Miko Rantanen, the moose, with the overtime winner to give the Avalanche a 2 to nothing lead over the Vegas Golden Knights. Honestly, at some point, I might just fall asleep directly onto the show because I am running purely off an adrenaline high right now, and when that crashes, you will notice the drop-off in my tone right away, I am telling you, because it is currently late at night for me on the East Coast. This game started at 10 o'clock, and it goes to overtime, but mercifully, our merciful god, Miko Rantanen, with the early OT winner, just under two minutes into the overtime on the power play. Riley Smith takes a penalty early on. Oh my god. I I can't believe it. I can't believe we won this game. I can't believe we won this game. I cannot believe the Colorado Avalanche are taking a 2-0 series lead to Las Vegas right now. Because for the better part of 40 minutes in this game, the final 40 minutes of this game, this was the Vegas Golden Knights 
doing everything they can to tie this series. First period, solid period for the Avalanche, I must say. They come out of it up 2-1, to one, leading 11-9 to nine in shots, but the second and third period, I... Philip Grubauer, man. Philip effing Grubauer. You've got to be kidding me with this guy. Philip Grubauer with, I think, the best performance I've ever seen from him. This guy stood on his skull and brain. He stops 39 of 41 Vegas shots in this game, and the Avalanche win it in overtime. They survive. They literally survive this game. Vegas outplayed them. They outplayed them. This series has no business going to Vegas with the Avalanche up two to nothing. But it is. Because of one man, Philip Grubauer. And let me reiterate, I think the best performance we have ever seen from the man. And that's a high bar to clear, considering that Philip Grubauer was also nominated for the Vesna just 24 hours ago. It's been a pretty solid 48 hours to be Philip Grubauer. He is nominated for the Vesna, puts up the performance of his life, and gives his team a 2 nothing series lead. I'm 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 still in disbelief. I was in disbelief when they won the game. I was in disbelief watching Grubauer make all of those saves. And I love my show notes for this one. It says just period, game two. Bullet number one is Moose. Bullet number two is Moose. And bullet number three is Gru. Cause that's that's all I got for you. This game is this game is Philip Grubauer. Looking back on this game in the future, it's all Philip Grubauer. But let, let's let's actually talk about the game a little bit, considering that's like my job. Avalanche win game two of this best of seven, three to two in overtime, and take a two nothing series lead on the road to Las Vegas for Game 3 on Friday night. Game starts. Avalanche look pretty solid to start out, I must say. Brandon Saad opens the scoring with perhaps one of the worst goals I've ever seen in my entire life, completely fanning on the shot to the point that it completely fools Marc-Andre Fleury, who gets the start in this game, goes directly 5-hole with absolutely no velocity. It's, it's such a bad shot that Flurry is completely and utterly fooled on it, and it goes in. Saad has goals in five straight games. He has been a monster in these playoffs for the Avalanche. Another outstanding pickup that just didn't get enough attention. People acknowledged how good it was, but now we're really seeing just how good Brandon Saad is. And I like that second line of Saad... Jost and Nichushkin is the best line that the Avalanche have outside of the top line, and it's the best line they've put together all season. Sada gets them on the board first, 339 into the game. Vegas ties it up just about halfway through the first. Alec Martinez, his first goal of the series on the power play. Just it was fine. It was a power play goal. It's a great pass from Pacioretty, cross ice to Martinez, who Beats Grubauer on the, the short side. Grubauer couldn't get back in time. Nothing he can do about that tie game. And looked like we were... It, you could see that we were going to be in for a barn burner in this one early on. Vegas was not going to roll over like they did in game one. This was going to be one hell of a hockey game. 
Tyson Jost gets the Avalanche the lead back on the power play. The Avalanche with four power plays in the first period. They only convert on one of them, but they get one from Tyson Jost. The second unit coming through for the Avalanche. I mean, this was, this was a huge goal, obviously. Playoff. Bold statements only. Playoff goal. Big goal. But this one... Vegas was starting to come on a little bit. They couldn't really get going because of all the penalties they were taking. And the first unit kind of got shut down on this same power play. But Jost makes a lot of space and rifles home a one-timer past Marc-Andre Fleury to give the Avalanche a 2-1 to one lead again. And that is the last good thing that happened to the Avalanche really for the next 40 minutes, at least on offense. Because from second period on... This was Vegas's game. Vegas showed what makes them such a threat, shows them why we had the same record in the regular season and why this series could potentially be such a problem for the Avalanche, or at least we speculated so coming in. They dominated this game from the second period on in terms of scoring chances, and it is, once again, because of one man, Philip Grubauer, that the Avalanche are going to Vegas with a 2-0 lead. Only goal from here to the end of regulation from Riley Smith, a broken play from Ryan Graves on a line change. The Avalanche, just a bad miscommunication on a line change. Smith left unattended down the wing, and he's on alone on a breakaway. Nothing that Grubauer can do about that one. Game is tied at 2, and Vegas just kept coming. They just kept pushing over and over again. They continued to get shots on goal. They continued to get scoring chances, and they continued to hem the Avalanche in their own zone. But really, there was there was a point that the Avalanche just couldn't even get a shot on goal. I mean, they got a couple, but they were point shots unscreened on Marc-Andre Fleury. No shot of going in latter half of this period, or at least maybe the latter five minutes of this period. Not bad for the Avalanche, not really bad at all. They get a few chances, but nothing really to write home about. And somehow they come out of that period tied, only giving up one goal. They could have very easily been coming into the third period losing. They, they, they did not have a very strong... Vegas played their best period of... The series so far, and Colorado played their worst period of the entire playoffs so far. I mean, they had, like, against St. Louis, they didn't really have, like, a bad period. They had some that were worse than others, but this was one where, like, okay, they're getting rocked right now. They're getting really pushed around badly. Like, the first part of it was pretty fun, going back and forth, trading chances the other way, and then just, like, fingers snapped, and now all of a sudden Vegas is in complete control, and... Yeah, but somehow they only, only give up one goal here and go into the, a crucial third period with a tie game that was really going to to set the tone, I think, for the rest of this series. Because if Vegas gets a goal here, we're going to Vegas tied 1-1. And this is a completely different series than it was two days ago when the Avalanche won 7-1 and shows that you, you can only win one game at a time, no matter how many how many goals you win it by. But again, Philip Grubauer stands on his head. Avalanche do get a power play 
in this third period about halfway through, but the power play was not bad in this game, as we'll talk to. It was not bad in this game, but also could have executed a little better, but the, the real story of this third period was the power play that Vegas had. Because the Avalanche, they are, they're getting, they're getting some bad refing in the third period. I can call it like this. This was questionable. Like Gabe Landeskog gets cross-checked in the face. Andre Burakovsky gets hauled down in the neutral zone with the puck. Neither are called. Devontae's trying to make a play. Goes skate on skate with Petrangelo. Trips him, and they call that one. With 3:39 to play, Vegas with a chance to take the lead. And they almost did. They almost did. But Philip Grubauer is up to the task. He stands tall, stops everything. And honestly, I think gave this team the momentum that they needed going into overtime. The crowd is going nuts. The bench is rocking. They're banging their sticks. And man... Honestly, that like that penalty kill was a blessing in disguise. That penalty given to us, I honestly, I don't know if we win without it because it really gave us the momentum that we needed going into overtime. And Philip Grubauer just outstanding. The shots on goal in this game, including the overtime, are forty-one to twenty-five for Vegas. That is not a stat line you see every day for the Avalanche. And you get to overtime. 44 seconds in, Riley Smith smashes the stick or slashes the stick out of Miko Rantanen's hands, and Colorado goes to the power play. And I felt it. I felt the goal coming. I, I was thinking, if I know anything about hockey, the Avalanche have Vegas right where they want them. They are losing in shots. They have been getting outchanced for the last 40 minutes. They're going to get the first over the first power play in this overtime, and they are 100% going to score, if I know anything about hockey. And they did. Nathan McKinnon rings one off the post that literally sent me to my knees because I thought the game was over there. And I, like, I was like, that was it. That was the chance. That was the one. They missed it, and now they're going to lose. They're going to lose. The power play is going to expire. It's going to be over. But they keep the puck in the zone. They win every single face-off. Like, this power play is just so, so good. And finally, the puck goes over to Miko Rantanen on a feed from Nathan McKinnon. Cross the ice. Rantanen winds up and bang. Beats Marc-Andre Fleury clean. No deflections needed. Just a, ugh, just a beautiful shot. Beautiful shot from Miko Rantanen and the avalanche win they somehow did it they somehow won this game honestly coming into this series i was not sure about how the series was going to go in colorado i was not sure if they were going to come out of colorado with a split i didn't i didn't think they would lose both in colorado not for a second but a, a split and going to vegas up two to nothing are very different things in this series and Needless to say, having two more wins than your opponent in a playoff series is quite important. Uh, you know, hot takes only on this show, but oh man, like I'm 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 still like trying to catch my breath again because overtime is intense. That was the Avalanche's first overtime of these playoffs. Their first overtime since Game Seven against Dallas, but 
Also their first overtime on home ice since Game 6 against San Jose in 2019. Oh man, what a game. What a what a great game. This is the kind of game I was expecting from this series. And also, the Avalanche found a way to win. Like You need to win the playoffs. You need to find a way to win. We talked about it in the final game against Vegas in the regular season. They got outplayed. They got outchanced. But Philip Grubauer stood on his head, and they found a way to win. That's how it's done in the playoffs. And Vegas played much better in this game. They packed up the neutral zone a lot better and really frustrated the Avalanche's first line for a lot of this game. And it paid off for them at certain points. They got the goal from Riley Smith to tie the game. And, I mean, this could have easily been a a 6-2 Vegas win. Like, if Philip Grubauer was not up to the task tonight, this could have been an ugly loss an ugly loss like this this is the definition of goalieing the other team and it wasn't just Grubauer the Golden Knights hit I like I want to say they hit four posts in the second and third period I think they hit a couple in the first two but they hit a lot of posts in this game like it was Grubauer and a little bit of luck that's what the playoffs are you need to get lucky in the playoffs we got lucky Let's come out and say it. We got lucky tonight. Yes, we we found a way to win, not discrediting that at all. Philip Grubauer stood on his head. We took advantage of the power play in overtime. But it, does, it doesn't hurt to just get a little lucky. It does not hurt at all just to get a little bit of a blessing from the hockey gods. Oh, man. I mean, the... I I thought Alex Tuck on that breakaway in the third period was going to score. I was like, he comes he comes out of the penalty box and he has a breakaway and I'm like, oh no, oh this is this is the one. This is going to be it. He's going to score and Grubauer just stones him. He was ice cold, completely locked in. Oh my god! And right before I started the show, I did see the Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer quote calling the Riley Smith slash in overtime a soft call. I'm Pete DeBoer is such a circus clown. This guy sucks. Like he is such a whiner and such a baby. I'm like, we'll talk more about some of his other comments once we're done talking about this game, but he calls the the Smith slash a soft call and says, well, the avalanche they were embellishing all night. Like, this guy just whines and whines and whines all the time. Every time something does not go Vegas's way, he is right there in the media just complaining about it nonstop. It's a perfect encapsulation of Vegas, of that entire Vegas team. I guess he's really the perfect coach for them, but... Oh man, like DeBoer calls the, the, the quote from Sinbin Vegas is DeBoer calls the OT call soft and then says he can't blame the refs because the Avs were embellishing calls all night. You can't you can't make it up. You literally can't make it up. They're, they are now saying it's a soft call for slashing a stick out of somebody's hands. I mean, if we're if we're gonna start saying like, well, that's a soft call. This is a soft call. The Taze trip on Petrangelo was a soft call. Petrangelo skated into Taze's skates. That's a soft call. 
Like, if you're slashing the stick out of a guy's hands, it, it's a penalty. It has always been a penalty. I don't like, I don't think it's a great penalty that if guy has one hand on his stick, it's a, they call it a penalty, but it is a penalty. Can't be like, oh, it's soft because it went against my team. If, it, if, the, if the roles were reversed, he would be like, oh, it's a great call. Got to hold on to your stick. Like, whatever. Is so sick of Pete DeBoer in this series. We're already two games in. But the Avalanche really just kind of took everything that Vegas threw at them in this game, took it right on the chin, or more specifically, Philip Grubauer did, took it right on the chin and came out of it with a win. You've got to feel really, really good right now. Because the Avalanche now have a two-game cushion here. I still think this series is far from over. Vegas is absolutely, in my opinion, going to pick up at least one win on home. I, If by next episode we're talking about a sweep, I will be I will be stunned. Because to, to go 8-0 in the playoffs is kind of unheard of. And to do that against the next best team in the league, also a little crazy. So I suspect Vegas is going to win at least one game on home ice. But now... Look at the difference. You might be coming back for game five up three to one rather than it being two to two. And you still no idea which way this series is going to go. This is such a crucial game to take. Like Philip Grubauer just he did he did what he needed to do in this series. He needed to steal at least one game. Sure, maybe it'd be better if it was on the road, but maybe who's who, who says he can't do it again on the road? He already did it in the regular season. The last game of the regular season against Vegas, he did it. Why can't he do it again? And the, th- the thing I love the most about this game is the first word I see from Jared Bednar after the game is, we didn't execute well enough. They're not happy. They know they did not play their best game. They're not satisfied with just the win. They know they can play better still. How many teams go 6-0 and to begin their playoff run and in like at least three of those games are coming out of it saying we can still play better. This team, like they're, I just love this team. They're not satisfied until they win this whole thing. It doesn't matter that they're up two to nothing on their equals right now. They're not satisfied with themselves yet. I just love that. I just think that's so awesome. I just think it's, this team's just great. They, they're doing all the right things right now. They just can't do anything wrong right now even when they don't play their best game they still come out and find a way to get the job done you just have to respect that they're just firing on all cylinders and who knows they usually respond pretty well to those like we didn't play very well games even when they win so game three could be a very interesting game oh man that that was a game oh man I was nervous about the game coming in. I was nervous about the game the entire time. And to to come out of that game with a win is just so unbelievably huge. It shifts the this entire suit. That, to me, is bigger than winning 7-1 to one, by far. Because Vegas can obviously be like, well, we obviously didn't play well. We can come back and play better again. They came out and gave the Avalanche pretty much everything they had. Not everything, but they played a very strong game. And they still couldn't come out of it with a win. That's got to be very demoralizing for them. But now the series shifts to Vegas. 
for games three and four, and we will see how the Avalanche do on the road in Vegas. Both, I mean, both teams are absurd at home. The last time the Avalanche lost a game on home ice was back in, what was it, April? Yeah, back in, no, it wasn't even April. It was back in March. I have completely lost track of time. It was back in March against Vegas, that 3-2 to two game in overtime where Taze breaks his stick trying to clear a puck off of the goal line. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize this until just now. The Avalanche went through the entire month of May only losing one game, and that was to the Sharks on the 5th. And our next game against Vegas is on the 4th. If the Avalanche win game 3, they will have gone an entire month without a loss. That's a little crazy, isn't it? I, I know there's an entire, what is this, like, week missing, but still... That's a little impressive. You go through an entire month with one loss, and half of that month is the playoffs, and you're starting off June pretty good, too, with another win. But this, this series isn't over. It is not over. Because if you, if you give Vegas another game like that on home ice, uh, we're not going to win that again. It's that simple. If you give Vegas another game like that, they're going to cash in on some of those posts. Like... Like I said earlier, we got lucky. You're not going to win four games in a series with luck. Game one was not luck. This one was. And that's fine. You dominate one game, get lucky in another. That's a 2-0 series lead all the same. But game three does need to be better if you're going to take a 3-0 series lead here. If you, and if you want to pull off the sweep, yeah, you're going to have to play much better than this. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is beatable. It's we just proved that he's beatable, did we not? We, beyond a reasonable doubt, proved that Marc-Andre Fleury is human and we don't need to be afraid of him because he got completely outdueled by Philip Grubauer. Fleury finishes this game with an 880. We beat him twice on the power play, once at even strength. I mean, that Brandon Saad goal sucked. That's awful for them. They win the game if that doesn't go in. It's a 2-1 to one win for Vegas. If that, like... I mean, assuming nothing else happens, but, like, they win. Based on what we saw tonight, they win that game if Flurry just makes that simple save. So, Flurry's beatable here. And from what we've seen from Grubauer, uh, he's not. I mean, Grubauer let in two goals in this game, and he's still a 951. Like, that's, a, that's pretty good, I would say. I'd say he did a pretty freaking fantastic job you look you look at just his playoff run so far in these playoffs against st louis 957 914 969 900 960 951 you're kidding me i mean his worst game was the clinching game against st louis where he led in two goals on 20 shots one of them being a breakaway and just so good, so unbelievably good, and and there's discourse today after Philip Grubauer gets nominated for the Vesna talking about well, there's other guys that deserved it more. Grubauer didn't deserve to get nominated for the Vesna. Sure, what yeah, whatever you say. One of the best goalies in the league doesn't deserve it. He's been he's been deserving of it basically since the second week of the season, and the argument is is that he plays behind the league's best defense. Okay.
And he does his job, doesn't he? He's done his job to a T this season. And yeah, you can make the argument for Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros, and maybe to an extent Semyon Barlamov. I think they're all very deserving. I think, I'm not saying it's Grubauer by a landslide, but to say he didn't deserve it, to me is asinine. Like, that's, and also wrong. Like, I would... If Hellebuck or Soros got it instead, I wouldn't be calling it an injustice, but to see Grubauer just get the the tiebreaker over those guys because he had better numbers than them is not that much of a concern. Like, oh, this is, no one pays attention to the sport or anything. Like, it's it's just so weird to me how little love Philip Grubauer can get. What does this guy have to do to get respect? What does he have to do to get recognized as as just a starter, for fuck's sake. Like, people still pointed coming into the playoffs as goaltending being their biggest weakness. And against Vegas, well, their biggest weakness against Vegas is goaltending. And Philip Grubauer is literally nominated for the Vesna, and we are still having the conversation of if, is if Philip Grubauer is actually as good as his numbers suggest. Like, give me a break. I... I started this show, episode one, talking about how I don't understand the Philip Grubauer discourse. The guy is good. What do you want? What do you want from Philip Grubauer? I know playoffs don't factor in to regular season voting, but Grubauer was the most overworked goalie in the NHL. He did not have a backup and I'd say it was the same situation with Vasilevsky in Tampa. Tamp- and guess who else got nominated? Vasilevsky. Marc-Andre Fleury also had Robin Leonard to be his backup goaltender as well. You know, and UC Soros and Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck, that's a, that's a tough snub for me, honestly, too. I mean, only three can get nominated, but it's there's five goalies on the ballot, and only three of them are, like, finalists, but Connor Hellebuck has to be, like, right behind Gruba, or not. I mean, Soros, I think, got a lot of love for his push to get Nashville into the playoffs. Like, I, it's just such a, it was just such a razor-close race for that final spot for Vesna voting, and I don't understand, like, oh, Grubauer didn't deserve it. He did. Yes, he did. He absolutely deserved it. But you can make the argument for Hellebuck and Soros. I'm not saying that. But to be like, oh, well, he plays behind the best defense in the NHL, and his expected goals, like his like actual save above expected goals, I totally just blanked on the stat there, isn't actually that high. Well, yeah, because goalies let in goals, and the Avalanche plays such good defense that when they actually do let in a goal, it looks badly on Grubauer. That's why that stat looks like that. Sometimes the Avalanche have breakdowns on defense. They're not perfect, and it leads to a goal on Grubauer. Like, if Hellebuck got the nomination, I would completely understand, and I probably wouldn't even blink an eye. If Soros got it, I wouldn't blink either. But to for people to be like, what, Grubauer? What a sham. I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, Grubauer's not going to win it. Like, who cares? You don't get extra points for being third. Like, you get a little bit for being, like, a finalist. But, like, what, really, like, in three years, are we going to care that, oh, Grubauer got the nomination over Connor Hellebuck? Vasilevsky's going to win it. We all know that. It's not a contest. Like, third and fourth, who cares? 
It's just such a strange conversation to have to me. But he got it. He got the Vesna, and he deserved it. No matter what people say about it, he 100% absolutely deserved it. And honestly, this, this game to me is even better than any game he had in the regular season by a long shot. So I'm not going to even pay attention to who wins the Vesna. It's going to be Vasilevsky. It's not going to be Grubauer. But it's good to see him get nominated. It's going to make that contract situation with him very interesting in the offseason. But we will save that for when the offseason actually comes because I'm not talking about the offseason when we just won an overtime game. Uh, what else has happened the last two days? I mean, there's the big one. Ryan Reeves. We, we talked about Ryan Reeves last episode. And we talked about he should not see the ice again in this series. And Department of Player Safety should take care of him because Nazem Kadri got eight games for being a repeat offender after his hit on Justin Falk. Ryan Reeves was suspended last playoffs for three games for a terrible hit against the Vancouver Canucks. So he's a repeat offender, even by their shoddy repeat offender definition. So what's the what's the punishment that got handed down to good old Ryan Reeves? Good old Ryan Reeves. Two games. Ryan Reeves got two games for what he did to Ryan Graves. He got two games. He got less of a suspension than he did last year. And this comes 24 hours after Gary Bettman upholds Nazem Kadri's suspension appeal, stating that the eight-game punishment makes sense with his previous suspensions calling it an increase each time, because it went from 3 to 5 to now to 8. So, explain to me, Mr. Commissioner, as to how the actual fuck this makes sense, that Ryan Reeves gets less than he did last year for after what he did to the Canucks, getting suspended for three games, now he does this against... Ryan Graves, and he gets two games. Haven't even mentioned, by the way, that both Ryan Reeves, the official, and the Department of Player Safety acknowledge the fact that Ryan Reeves ripped out a chunk of Ryan Graves' hair. And they landed on two games. I watched the video that Department of Player Safety puts out. They are laying down just a a groundswell of Reeves did this and that and this and that, and this is not okay, and this is not okay, and they end it with Ryan Reeves has been suspended for two games. And I don't I don't know what to say to that. You basically didn't even punish him. You just broke your own rule of all the suspension increases. Apparently it doesn't if your name's not Nazem Kadri. Like, I just, I don't understand this. And the... The Department of Player Safety has made it clear they're completely fine with the consequences of what happens when he comes back because he's going to do it again. Like, he uh, he comes back for game four. Let's say the Avalanche win game three, and it's three to nothing. You're telling me Ryan Reeves, every time he steps off of that bench, is not going to just be skating with his shoulder in front of his head so that he can just start headhunting? Are you fucking kidding me? He's going to see ice again in this series, no matter what. Even if the Avalanche sweep 
he's guaranteed to see ice again. What a joke. I mean, really, what a joke. And I said with Drew two episodes ago that I am reserving true judgment on the Department of Player Safety until I see what they do with a similar situation. This was it with Reeves. This is a repeat offender doing something very gross that is worthy of a multiple-game suspension, and they drop the ball again. So now, I fucking hate the Nazem Kadri suspension. I was good with it at the time because it was a deterrent for him in the future, and it you deserve for a hit like that. Now I fucking hate it because it's bullshit and it's unfair. You look at everything else that has happened in the league, Kadri is the only guy who has gotten a stiff punishment so far this season. Why is that, by the way? Why is that? What do you hate about Nazem Kadri so much? Like, it's just bullshit to me. And Ryan Reeves is a known promoter of George Peros's like, clothing brand called, like, Violent Gentleman or something. Are we sure there's no favoritism going on here, too? The fact that this man is going to see ice again in this series makes my blood boil. He ripped out a chunk of a guy's hair. He cross-checks Philip Grubauer in the head after a whistle, grabs Ryan Graves, throws him to the ice, puts his knee on his face, and tries to crush his head, and rips out a chunk of his hair. But yet two games. Because I'm sure Paros would say, like, well, he's just doing his job. That's what he's there for. Unbelievable. What a joke. And I said my piece last episode about... Reeves and the amount of bullshit that goes on there so I don't want to spend any more time on it because it just puts me in a sour mood so we're done with that and we're moving on and we are moving on to the NHL's favorite annual tradition the Toronto Maple Leafs losing in the first round in a heartbreaking seven game series because they blew a 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens in round one lost Game 7 in pathetic fashion, and have been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs with their most embarrassing loss yet, and Montreal moves on to the second round to play the Winnipeg Jets, and how that affects the Avalanche is that the path to the Cup is now a lot more clear, because if the Avalanche finish off their series against Vegas, they will play the winner of Montreal and Winnipeg. Montreal wins game one earlier today. Final score five to three. Mark Shifley is about to get his ass handed to him. Or maybe not with the Department of Player Safety. I don't know. I just used my reasonable brain for a second there with the Department of Player Safety for because he had a hit on Jake Evans on the empty net goal that is worse than the one Kadri laid on Falk. This is the worst hit of the playoffs so far. And Shifley should have the book thrown. If Shifley is not getting the book thrown at him, I'm going to have an aneurysm with the Department of Player Safety, but moving on from them now. The Avalanche beat Vegas, or if Vegas beats Colorado, no matter who wins this series, they will play the winner of Montreal and Winnipeg. No matter what, no ifs, ands, or buts. If Montreal wins, they're waiting for us. Winnipeg wins, they're waiting for us. We will not play either New York or Boston or Carolina or Tampa Bay until the Stanley Cup final. So the way I look at this now is if you beat Vegas, you get a trip to the Stanley Cup final. Because surely, surely if you can beat the Vegas Golden Knights in in a playoff series, you should smoke Winnipeg or Montreal. 
in the semifinal. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. If we beat Vegas and we lose to either of those teams, I'm going to have an aneurysm. I will. I will straight up have an aneurysm on the spot because I will understand nothing about this sport. This matchup now with Vegas is essentially the semifinal. You have no, no resistance after this round until you get to the Stanley Cup final. Winnipeg, solid team with great centers. Connor Hellebuck, solid goalie most of the time anyway. Wasn't great in this first game against Montreal. But uh, absolutely nothing to fear for the Avalanche. They have no defense. And you should sweep them. You should literally sweep them. That's not, like, they're not even a concern for you. Montreal? No. Yeah, (laughs) we would crush them. They beat Toronto, and they won game one of this series, so they're looking decent right now. But it is such a, like, that's such a blessing for any team to come out of their division and get the North Division winner no matter what because they've been playing each other all season long, and I don't think any of these teams are very good. Toronto choked. Edmonton were frauds. Winnipeg and Montreal is just going to be who's left from this group of meh teams. And, like, even if Vegas comes back or Colorado runs the table the rest of the way, we're looking at one of the biggest mismatches in a semifinal in a long time. A long time. Like, Colorado-Winnipeg, after what they did to St. Louis, and the fact, and if they finish off Vegas, uh, I don't care what the odds are for that series. I will put a ton of money on the Avs. And Montreal, I mean, I think Colorado-Montreal would just be funny because, like, oh, Patrick Waugh, you know, they get a playoff series for, like, the first time since then, you know. But outside of that, there's no, like, beef with any of those teams, and they pose no threat to the Avalanche. And I see people like, oh, well, I don't want to play Carey Price right now. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't want to play Carey Price? What is this, 2015? The Leafs choked. Carey Price was decent. You're telling me after you're done with Marc-Andre Fleury, you're going to be scared of Carey Price or Connor Hellebuck? Stop. Stop. I know I'm cocky right now. I'm well aware of the fact that I am being extremely arrogant. And I'm only speaking hypothetically because we're not done with Vegas yet, and this series, I think, is not over. So I'm not guaranteeing a win, but I'm just saying hypothetically, if we beat Vegas, you are moving on to the semifinal. Neither of those teams pose a threat. They don't. And then you get whoever's left between New York, Boston, Carolina, Tampa Bay. So that is excellent news that Toronto lost, if you're an Avalanche fan, because that guarantees that we will not see them or Boston or New York in the third round. And the earliest we would see them is the Stanley Cup final. I mean, obviously you want to beat Vegas no matter what, but your path to the Stanley Cup just got so much better. Because you've got the Canadian division team, and then in the Stanley Cup final, you have the survivor of those two playoff series. Carol- Tampa Bay is currently up 2 to nothing on Carolina. Uh, Carolina's outplayed them in both of those games. I think that series is not done. And Boston and New York are tied at 1. And then the winner of those 
are going to play each other. And that's going to be another brutal series. So you're going to get the survivor of those four teams if you beat Vegas and run through the North Division team. You need to win this series against Vegas. You're up two to nothing. You are the better team. You took everything they had on the chin and beat them with, I think, an even more deflating loss for Vegas in overtime than the 7-1 to game. Guys, we're on the verge here. We are on the verge. This is going to be fun. This team is for real. They have proven themselves to be for real and playoff performers. Let's get to Game 3 against Vegas. Let's beat them on their home ice. Let's take a 3-0 series lead here. And fuck it, let's go for the sweep too. Why not? Why not? We can do it. We just did it to St. Louis. We're better than Vegas. We can sweep these guys. It's going to be hard, but why not? Let's just go 16-0. I'm feeling good right now. You tell? Feeling real good right now. But yeah, you're getting the North Division winner in the next round if you can topple Vegas here in in at least... What, is, what do we need? Two more wins? Two of the next five games? That's all you need. Two of the next five games, and then you get to just laugh at the North Division winner in the next round. Oh, man. Is it too perfect? Feels a little too perfect, doesn't it? There's got to be a catch here somewhere along the way, doesn't there? Yeah. We'll worry about that when the time comes. That's going to do it for this episode of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. The Avalanche lead the series against the Golden Knights 2 to nothing. Next episode coming out on Monday. That will be after the conclusion of Game 4. I believe that's right. Game 4 is on Sunday, so that will be after the conclusion of that game that I will be back to record next episode. Maybe we have a sweep. Maybe it's 2-2. Maybe it's 3-1. I'm feeling pretty good about this so far. So we'll be back for that. Hope you guys enjoy games three and four. I have been your host, Griffin Youngs. Follow me on Twitter at GYoungsNHL and follow the show at Teledabs It Is. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you all next time where maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, we're talking about moving on to the third round.